0: This is Unclaimed Bands, episode 13.
1: Hey, music lovers, it's Amanda Mayhem and Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and tonight we are interviewing the Electric Boa.
2: how to it do? What's no. happening? I'm Higsy. I'm the singer. I'm Daly. I'm the drummer.
1: Awesome. Thanks. Um, how long have you been together as a band, and how did that come about?
2: Um, I used to have a band called uh, Vinyl Throwback, and we just... Uh, you know, it wasn't really a band. We just uh, skated around. I made a record. Okay. But that it broke up. It didn't even get like to play out or anything a couple times. And then what happened was uh, I got a hold of, um, you know, daily. Everybody's from a different spot. So I, I got a hold of you before. Yeah. Well, back when uh, there,
3: there was a website that had a bunch of ads and stuff from around the U.S. If you were looking for a band or if you were a person or if you were a band looking for a person, you go to this particular website. And I had seen, sorry, I had seen an ad, and I was on tour with another band, got in touch with Higgs, and he said, you know what, I want to fly you up to Philadelphia. I was actually playing in Key West, Florida at the time. And he flew me up, and we hung out for about a week, and and things just didn't work out because I was in a working, literally, that's what we did for a living. And we kept in touch um, since about 2004? Yep. Yep. 2003, 2004. And I was in another act uh, based out of St. Louis and because he and I had kept in touch, he was like, well, look, I, I want to fly you back up to Philadelphia. Try this dress on and see if it fits.
2: Yeah, we're, it fits, we're, we're, we're both going to it. retire. We were both going to retire. Yeah. We, we, really? were, we were fucking yeah. over the, over the whole thing. I said, look, man, I wrote a bunch of these new songs. I, I, maybe you should come up because I couldn't find a drummer anywhere. And I said, maybe you should come up and check it out and, you know, see if you dig it. You know? Yeah, I'll I'll fl- you some I flew shit, up from you know?
3: St. Louis. Me and the other guys hung out for about four or five days. Yep. And, um... We agreed to agree, so to speak, and we started hammering away since then. And 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 uh, that was in April. I moved here in April of 2007, mm, something like that, I think. April 2007. Uh, I was here for 30 days. We played our first show. In, wow, really? In, yeah, yeah, in, crammed, in May. Man of 2007, we played our first show and then we went through some ups and downs and then we finally got into ARR Studios um, their producer, uh, Derek Chafin actually got wind of the stuff and he came in and was like, okay, I want you guys to come in and record the stuff and here we are three years later Yep. Ta-da! Yep.
1: <laughs> now, what size was the dress?
3: <clears throat> um, it's not the size of the dress, it's the size of the shoe We're, we're foot guys
1: I've oh, got gotcha. That's oh, yeah.
3: right. It peep toe ankle straps, if if anybody wants. Chucks
1: and boots, ladies. Chucks and boots. Uh, yeah, well, it,
3: it depends on what you're shooting for. Or or men.
1: Or men. It's 2000. Almost 2011. We're down with that. We're down with that. Got to get down with everything. So who came up with the name Electric Boa?
2: I wanted to call the band Mangled Boa, but that shit wasn't happening. That, it got shot down every day. Where now.
1: did the fascination of Boa come into play?
2: Actually, that's how that's John's mind works. He kind of gets on an
3: idea and then he kind of flies with it. And what we wanted to do, because um, since the band's incarnation, we've actually brought in a a few new members. And because generally when songs are written and you add in new members, we wanted them to be a part of the process. We just didn't want them to feel like hired guns. We literally wanted them to be a part, kind of to feel like they they kind of helped get us to where we are at, at this time. So... Johnny comes up with all these ideas, and we just kind of hang out and we threw out some ideas. and Higgs had come up with Mangled Boa, and along with a couple of other names. And basically, what we were doing was we were making lists. and I was in the shower one day, and um, one of the new members, a guy who plays, he's one of the guitar players, a guy named Dave Fowler. Um, Dave Dave and Higgs are huge fans
2: of T Rex. 70s glam—that's where the boa thing comes from. I'm like, like, got a fascination with like 70s glam. And and
3: basically, um, they were always talking about the electric warrior. And prior to that, Higgs had had came up and said, "Hey, you know, was talking about the mangled boa, and it's it's referring to something that we won't speak of right now." But anyways, I was in the shower and (laughs)
1: playing with your electric boa,
3: sort of. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, and the way it came about was uh, Higgs had been on this. On this kick of mangled boa, mangled boa, mangled boa, and in general conversations, we were talking about T Rex and and their album Electric Warrior, and it just popped into my head while I was in the shower. Electric boa.
1: Because your boa isn't mangled; it's electric. No,
3: no, it, it was. It's electric. Boogie, boogie, boogie. <laughs> but either way, I jumped out of the shower, and and Dave Fowler, my guitar our guitar player was there at the time, and 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 I literally jumped out of the shower with a towel wrapped around me, stuck my head out of the door, and said, "What about?" The electric boa. There had to be a the. Remember, I said there has to be a the. That's right. Because I said, initially, I had said electric boa. And we wrote it down because everybody was keeping a list. We wrote it down on the list. And then the next time we all got together, I think we were in here, the next time we all got together, I said, hey, what, what about electric boa? And then Higgs was talking about what about putting the the on there? And then it was the electric boa the electric boas and finally with the producer's intake and stuff and between yeah. me and me and Higgsy talking about it it ended up being
2: the electric boa and it's and it's got nothing to do to do with snakes nothing nothing to do with snakes we we, we or t- penises yeah. yeah we yeah yeah we tried to get the guy to to create a font and they just started sending us shit with like you know snakes and and wrapped in electric fucking boas and stuff like that so they like didn't
1: that. take it as the yeah. actual Boa as an accessory well well, well
2: they, they, they that's what they try to do it's it, it's it's like they they try to send it to you, and it's like i I don't want it to have nothing to do it's just it's just a name the electric mm-hmm. boa it has nothing to do with snakes they were sending us fucking big snakes with big snake heads wrapped in boas and shit oh, like wow. that, well, that, well, that what, what we were no, trying I'm to do was it. we were trying to have a name that left enough to the imagination of whoever was listening you know
3: doesn't anymore no, I'm well just
4: kidding
3: <laughs> but you know if you're if if you're and we love lesbians, but if you're a lesbian. You know, it's not the electric snake; it's the electric boa. Some sometimes we've heard, no. Sometimes you know, electric eel, electric boa. A boa is a little bit bigger than an eel. Some lesbians like le- things a little bit bigger. You know, so we we were we were cool with that. You know, the electric boa. You know, if you're above the age of thirty, you know, you, you think boa, you think something. You know, that that somebody who was rather promiscuous would uh, be a, you know, a feather thing wrapped around their neck. If you're under the age of thirty, they go, "Well, the electric boa—that's well, bigger than an electric eel." And you're like, "Yeah." And then the lesbians are like, "Yeah." <laughs> so you got to take the next question. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, going, so, depending on how old you are and what your preference is, is what the name means to you. But we, we wanted something generic to where people would actually kind of just make up their
2: own. They'd come up with their own conclusion. Ladies and, and, the and gentlemen, the shit to. means nothing. It's just the electric boa. Exactly. <laughs> it don't you. mean a damn thing.
1: Nothing. Well, that's
2: that. i love stumping i'm guys. glad
1: that we get, no i'm not stumped <laughs> i'm just taking back i'm glad i never knew that the boa had so much behind it,
3: it it's it, it could be what, what's your favorite and po- i've never it's, caught it's, a strap
1: on a boa so this is uh it's works it's, for me
3: it's as complex as a river
1: Make but sure as, as
2: shallow as it's a deep, deep as a river and shallow as a piss puddle there oh, you go great. there we go, guys there go. i love that quote
1: so you said you had a producer
2: yes I, how I, I,
1: did you meet your producer
2: we had a, a guy that was in the band who used to play bass for us, Jay Kelly. Mm-hmm. He's in something kept hidden now. He's, he he went on to other things. He introduced us to Derek because Derek used to do a lot of cool work with like uh, bands like the Union Dead and stuff like people like bands that I really respected nice. and I really dug the product that he was coming out with. And Jay just kind of introduced us to him, and, and we really clicked from like the beginning, and we just started working together. It was just like it, it went really well. It, Derek actually came into this room. And,
3: and we were rehearsing one night, and he actually said, I'd like to get you guys into the studio just to see what we could do. Let's do some pre-production stuff and see how it feels. You know, once again, try the dress on, see if it fits. No promises. No promises. No promises. No promises. Mm-hmm. But something that Higgs and I had been talking about for years is that we wanted to do something that was reminiscent of a time to where people were, were, were literally listening to music. You know, when you listen to a song and it reminds you of a certain time and it kind of throws you back into something that you were thinking about, maybe you were running butt naked through, you know, woods going through a cabin or something like that, or or you were streaking down, you know, a, a highway or something. We wanted that feel to the music. And this particular producer was one of the guys that was like, you know what, let's let the songs tell us what they need to be. I don't want it to sound mechanical. I don't want it to sound like a certain individual band let's let these songs dictate what they want to be. So it wasn't something where we went in and tried to make, you know, a Ziggy Stardust record, or we didn't want to go in and make a Black Crow's record or Rolling Stone's record. It was just certain flavors. Derek actually called them bricks. And he said, you know, if you use certain bricks from certain times of your life, that builds the foundations of what the songs are nowadays. And I know it's very esoteric sounding, but what he said was you know don't try to make the song something let the songs be what they are and a lot of the songs excuse me a lot of the songs are what they are because they stem from where Higgs comes from you know certain experiences certain certain avenues in in his life that he took that you know maybe were really great or, or maybe that they sucked or something all the songs stem from something that he came up with and he would bring all those songs to us and then we you know each I won't say each guy in the band would translate them because he's a really great songwriter but Basically, what we, what we did was we took his translation of everyday life, you know, of the depression between you know two thousand five to where we are now, and the guys in the van, in the band kind of just made them what they are, you know, really with with, with Higsey's take and, and with Derek Derek Chaffin's take on what they could be but we didn't want to lead the songs we let the songs kind of be what yeah, you know what yeah, they are derek
2: was pretty he was he was a pretty smart dude i mean he was the right guy for the job because it's like you know well what are we going to do what are we going to lay into the songs what's next he goes well the song will talk to me and tell me i said right. oh this is the fucking guy like i always wanted to work with right, right here the song's going to tell me i never heard that in my life i'm like this dude's like batshit crazy just like me so oh, this he, is going to work out fine this one. I mean, that,
3: that guy cut his teeth at Paisley Park, which is Prince's <clears throat> studio in, in in Minnesota. I mean, so this guy, we knew that this guy wasn't shoving rainbows in our ass. He knew what he was talking about.
2: Yeah, he busted our ass. He did a great job, though. He oh, did yeah. A great
3: job and if this was the last thing that I ever did in the music business that I would be happy with that
2: we could definitely hang I'd be happy it's actually I do enjoy listening to the record like I never like listening he and I both to myself at all I fucking am not a fan of myself at all but I can actually get through this one yeah I really like it if
3: if he and I are somewhere and they start playing this live we're like Wow, that's us. I don't nice. fucking hide
2: in the bathroom like I used to. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's all right. You know, I mean, I'd rather fucking have the stones on or something, but yeah. I can tolerate it without nice. running out of the room. Yeah. But but, but he, it's a great – he did it's, went it's, beyond the call, dude. It's a If this
1: really is, is the
3: last thing that I ever do and I can hang my hat on this, I'm a happy man. Uh, I'm good. Nice. And now I'm about mm-hmm. to take my
2: clothes off. Uh, <laughs> 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 hey, see, and you're this, about to ask the next question.
1: Yes. Hixie, <laughs> hey, this next one's actually primarily for you. So were you a singer in the other bands yes. that you performed in? Yes. How has your lyrical content changed, if at all, from band to band?
2: I, I, I don't know. I You know what? I think the more that goes on, I'm less... I think I was more timid, like, back in the day to to write what I really felt. You know what I mean? I, I, I got a little bit but right now I just me as a writer I just think I I do anything I want I sing anything I want now like there's no holds barred if I feel like doing it I do it like I I used to give a shit you know what I mean I really don't give a shit about it anymore I just do what I want to do and it's a good freedom you know what I mean because you know you're like is this going to be cool and and then you're like you know you get to about where I'm at now you're like fuck it I don't care if it's cool or not I just want it out there every, every thought in my head I just want it want to throw it out there now
1: can you paint some pictures for us of certain thoughts that have inspired songs?
2: Yes, sex and drugs and fucking chaos and breakups and you know real life shit. That's all, you know. Nice. Your base and happiness at times. At times, yeah. always. Yes, at times. Awesome. Yeah.
3: And and I and just to add a side note to that, if anybody's actually if they're interested in getting this album, listen to the album before you read the lyrics. And and, and higsey and I both agree that lyrics Nowadays are kind of overlooked in the industry it 's more about feel and yeah, groove and stuff like that. that but but me i 'm a story guy, and that was one of the things that hooked hooked me whenever I first heard these songs um, because if you listen to the songs you 'll kind of m- get a mental picture of what it is that higgs' is singing about. But then when you go back and you read the lyrics and you understand uh, exactly what he 's saying in certain phrases and stuff. <clears throat> His view on things is going to be different than your take because it's not that, that certain phrases are generic, it's the fact that they're so open that no matter what he, what it is that he's singing about, you could have related something like that into your life in particular. Now, some of his stuff, you know, like he said is derived from, you know, breakups, heartache, maybe maybe drugs or something like that, but someone who maybe didn't go through drugs had something, you know, with their family and it translates equally because good times are good times, whether they're good times from drugs, yeah, Many, uh, or they're good times <laughs> from family, True. or if they're bad times, you know, from from maybe a loss of a friend or the are bad times from something that stems from a family. True, they're, true. They're, they're along the lines to where they're not so esoteric to where you can't understand them, but they're open enough to where it's still open to your translation. You could sing the same lyrics that Higgs sings to you whenever we're playing a show, but they're going to mean completely something different to you as opposed to him. Yeah. And that's what's really, really cool. And, that and, was, that yeah. was one of the selling factors to me that enticed me because whenever I moved here, I instantly had a picture or a situation in my mind of what each song meant to me. And then he and I would sit down over, over a couple of drinks, and we would talk about the stuff, and he would tell me where it came from, and it's two completely different worlds.
2: Layman's Terms, Three Chord Bathroom Poetry. Just I I call it gutter poetry, you know. It's not like fucking. I'm not trying to be Bob Dylan. It's just what it is. It just comes from the street, you know. It's just what I do, and it's exciting.
1: Have you gotten good feedback because of your lyrics? Yes. Um, well, when when people
2: I, when people really read into them, I I get complimented, you know what I mean, which is mm-hmm. really cool, and that, that means a lot because like a lot of I mean a lot of shit we do tends to be like, you know, a little bit more on the harder side. I mean, we're not like a heavy metal band or anything, but we just do our thing. Sometimes lyrics get lost within the shuffle of, of the of the amps, of the guitars, you know what I mean? But once they dig in there, I, it's been pretty cool. I appreciate it.
3: You yeah. literally could, could, the type of material that, that Higgs writes, you, you can rock your ass off at a show, but if he ever decided to pick up a guitar and play at a coffee shop, I mean, he, he could draw tears to a lot of people's eyes because ah. the lyrics are hush. That's nice, though. The <laughs> lyrics are that. are that deep, and there there are so many different translations of what he writes. I mean, whenever people hear the really the big drums and the bombastic guitars and and the hair flinging around and all that stuff at a live show, that's great because you know people they want to go if they're going to pay their hard-earned money these days they want to be entertained they don't want to see four or five guys staring at the shoe tops all night long
2: no, well that you definitely know, if, will if, not if, happen with <laughs> us right I mean, <laughs> you it's, know I mean it's
3: it's you know if they wanted to hear the songs exactly as they were they wouldn't waste their money they would stay at home and listen to the cd what we try to do whenever we fire the lights up and and we hit the first chord we try to entertain you know if if somebody hits a bad guitar note or you know if i miss a snare or a Higgsie, you know misses a note or something like that that's rock and roll. Yeah, it's just part we, of the live experience. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We can deal with that. We want somebody to, to come away from the show going, what the f- was that? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're used to, you know, four or five guys trying to sound perfect and sharing at the, staring at the shoe tops with the bangs hanging over their eyes and with the skinny jeans made in Europe. That's, <laughs> just, that's, that's not us. Yeah, Hipsters. that's not us. And, and
2: I and I don't really dig like when people come up and ask me, they're like, you know, hey, what's this song? What's this song about? You know what I mean? I don't want to ruin it from what? What does yeah. it mean to you? What does it mean? It to you? could mean a whole nother thing. What's to your you. Story? So I don't I don't want to like fuck yeah. up your experience because what I say might bore you to death. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Make right. your own decisions. What, Whatever it means to you. That's what it's that's what's exciting to me. Yeah.
1: Well, you know what really excites me? Hmm. Shoebox 20s. That and listening to music, so why don't we hear a track? (laughs) All right, let's do it. Okay. This is Sissy by The Electric Boa. Hell yeah! By the Electric Boa, guys. Where can we find that? Uh, you can
3: actually find that, obviously, on iTunes. You can find that find that at CD Baby, also at CD Universe, and the back um, of my truck, and in the back of Higsey's <laughs> truck, um, which usually you'll find with the flashers on somewhere around in and around the city <laughs> of Philadelphia. Um, uh, but if you're just curious and and you're you're like, well, okay, they're a local Philly band, and you just don't want to group us into a a, a big generic, you know chasm of of music if you're actually kind of curious you can actually go to uh ARR records a i r i'm southern a i r com, and check out what our label is doing not only with us but with you know a few other acts that our our producer derek Chaven is actually working with nowadays and then you can link there and you can listen to us um you know, on MySpace, obviously Facebook, Reverb Nation, which is a site that I've been dealing with, with personally for, you know, probably eight years now, an upstart um, website that's got nothing but just music on top of music on top of music, and a lot of people don't know about it, but depending on whatever your mood is, you know, you can go to com and you can just hear all kinds of stuff. Um, but generally, you know, I don't want to shove too many rainbows in people's butts, but, you know, if you listen trying to find our stuff you can find it you know at the dot myspace slash excuse me myspace.com slash the electric boa reverbnation.com slash the electric boa or just type in the electric boa um on google or something like that and either it will come up our band or it will come up bank of america oddly enough or the back <laughs> of my truck or the, the back, back of my truck, truck. because so boa you know bank of america somehow or another google equates the electric boa to um electric atms of
0: bank of america
2: yes but my account does not read any of that at all no
0: so let's uh let's talk about live shows now what what's been the the wildest live show you guys have actually participated in cd release to this point the cd
3: release that we played upstairs at club risque um first of all we had a few special guests and you guys can go check them out um one of the guests is a guy named uh, Dave Lennett who did some guitar tracks on Great, our album.
2: Empire, fantastic. Uh,
3: who plays with a band called Stereo Transmitted Disease. Really good band, but Dave Dave Lennett is also a line six, or excuse me, not a line six, but the line six representative of uh, guitars and all their equipment that they do. Um, Jay Davidson, man. We had Jay Davidson, yes. He's played with everybody. How... Had done, he's done some stuff with the Stones, um, Philadelphia's own Cinderella. I mean, this guy, he, he if you hear
2: sax on our album, it's that dude. Yeah, and he, nice. and I, I call him the horniest man oh. alive. That's right. He, he is. Handful and of he, jokes, he, I like yeah, it. Uh, he's he good, ab- though,
3: he absolutely had a blast, and, and we are so fortunate to have had Jay on, on this album because Jay actually came in and translated some stuff that – that we thought was already pretty cool, and Derek said, "Well, I'd like to get Jay in on some of this stuff." And we didn't even hear it, J- especially Higgs and I. We weren't even there whenever Jay tracked it, and we came back in and listened to it, and it was like, "Wow, that that." Just because you hear a rock and roll band, you you don't nowadays you don't hear saxophone. No. You don't no, think not at all. horn section. The horns yeah, I'm definitely.
4: This yeah. has it.
2: Yeah. They, they, and they were drug-drenched, and they were totally 70s, and it, it was just like I fucking sat down and I listened to it, and it was, like, totally beautiful, man, because it's just, like, that that cool-ass old-school, like, New York Dolls, Rolling Stones, sort of fucking 70s, man. You know what I it mean? Was. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was
3: It was exciting to get, and, and it was, uh, you know, because we spent so much time in the studio tracking this thing for just about a year. You would have thought we were recording you Night at the Opera by, you know, Queen, but... Yeah. It, it was it took so long and then by the time we actually got towards the finished product and all and Kenny Kearns who also came in and played keys. Oh, yeah, he did a great now, job. The deal with Kenny Kearns is that, you know, our album we're actually tuned a half step down. So when Kenny came in, he had to play all the black
2: keys. He, he like nice. he, he had to, he couldn't transpose <laughs> because he was really doing it on on, on the daily deal so he had to do it on the black keys. He had to do it live. Oh and, wow, and, and, nice. And and the
3: producer, he wanted that edgy feeling. That feeling of almost out of control, but still really smooth and really confident. And between Jay Davison on the horns, Kenny Kearns on the keys and Dave Lennett on additional guitars on top of, you know, what Morton Peterson did, on top of what Dave Fowler did, our our bass player, um, Greg Cornwell, you know, what Higgsy and I did, it ended up being, God, ten times bigger than what we thought it was going to be. It was a good thing. And, and it, it's something <clears throat> to where we wanted it... Because a lot of times... Nowadays, whenever you go into a producer, basically all they do is they sit down and they hit the record button and go, okay, go. This producer didn't do that. He actually took what we did seriously to the point to where he said, okay, I want you guys to do what you do. But in his head, he had all these clocks running. He would come to us and go, well, I'm kind of hearing this. Do you mind if we tried it? And we kind of gave him, gave him, you know, carte blanche and said, whatever you want to do, do it. And then by the time we get to the end product, if, if you know, Higgsy doesn't dig on it or I don't dig on it or something, we'll sit and discuss it. But at least it was there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something where we went in and said, okay, this is what we want it to be. The songs kind of dictated And that wasn't what how wanted. it was going
2: to be because what we wanted wasn't what he was going to do. He, That's right. He was going to do what he heard, you know what I mean? We, get, we put our, pretty much we put our whole shit in his hands and said, you know, we trust the, you. The, this is our baby. We need you to race it for Fantastic a Fantastic job, man. He brought some pros in. It, it, it was awesome. It, it, it was good. They came the, out and good. The, the, But
3: uh, to make a long story even longer, your original question was the craziest show. And as of yet, and we'll let everybody else come to future shows and, and make them even more crazy, but we had the CD release at Upstairs for Sky and there were... You know, we were up there playing. We had, you know, Dave Lennon playing and Jay Davidson playing. And there were a couple girls up there that, you know, forgot some of their clothing <laughs> <laughs> that was on stage while dressed we were playing.
4: Their dress didn't fit.
2: Yeah, there was no. There was like two hundred dollars and ones that got thrown up in my face while I was in the middle of the stage. Right. I got to thank Machine for that. That's right. I mean, nice. he, he, he made it rain. <laughs> he he, them, he th- made it them, rain. Them fucking dollar bills had like twenty second hang time, man. Yeah. That's a problem. I, I, I,
3: I, I, they weren't shaped like little airplanes or anything. They just literally went up in the air and they kind of just hung there. Hey, so, so that was. But the band's still fairly young. Yeah. You know, we still yeah. got our baby teeth. There's a lot of work that still needs to be done.
1: What is the goal for Electric Boa?
2: Just absolutely entertain, absolutely entertain. Whether there's two people out there or whether there's 10,000 people out there, you get the same show. No slacking, no holding back. It's what it is. Wherever it goes, it goes. If it goes nowhere, it goes nowhere, but we're going to hoof it. Very easily.
3: That's that's in a nutshell. That's we're going to give is. you what
2: you pay for. We're going to give you what you pay for. We want to thoroughly entertain. That's it. Crash and burn no matter what happens. And, and, and at least at that point
3: they'll be... You know at least intrigued in what you're doing, you're just not background music because if you try to make something as personal with them as it is as personal with you, they'll at least pay attention. you're not just background music and you know if if we get one or two fans out out of the ten or something like that, then great, you know but it's it's no different if we sell ten thousand or we give away ten thousand you know if we got in this business to make money, you know then you're already pissing up a rope. You need to be doing something else.
2: Yeah, if you if you come into our show and, and and you don't think that we're you know we're not meaning what we're doing and doing what we're meaning, then we're doing something wrong. That's you right. What I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we're do- We don't blame. We don't that's blame right. the crowd. That's it's, that's our fault. If you're not if you're not entertained, it's not you. It's us. It's it's literally grassroots. You, you know?
1: hardly yeah. hear that anymore. Finally, yeah. well, a band <laughs> that comes yeah. with a warranty. <laughs> it, it's, it's, I like it's, that. Uh, no, you, you
3: really do. You know what? Be- because if if. You know, what? none of us are millionaires. If I pay my money, if I hear a song by a band that I happen to like on, on unclaimed bands or, or you know, just some other, you know, website or something like that that's maybe not as cool as you guys, and I pay my hard-earned money and I walk in the door, you know, if you entertain the hell out of me, I'll walk up and I'll buy a T-shirt and I'll buy a CD and I'll shake somebody's hand and go, I appreciate what you're doing mm-hmm. because you're swinging that axe. You know, you're, you're in the trenches. You're working with everybody else, and, and the gatekeeper's, nowadays of of the of the record industry those guys are gone it's all depending on what a band is willing to do and how hard they are willing to actually work for something nobody's going to walk up and stroke you a check they're not going to show up at your garage and go you know what you're the greatest thing since sliced bread we're gonna you know stick you out on the road that's not the case it is you you get back what you put into it and that's whenever i moved to moved here, me personally, that was part of the deal, was was I wanted to be in an environment where everybody was willing to work as hard as the next guy. So if you come to see us play and you're not entertained, walk right. whether you have something good to say or something bad to say, you can't get better if everybody's pumping rainbows in your ass. I would rather somebody walk up and go, your band is the most awesome band I've ever seen, and I absolutely was entertained for my $10. That's great. If not, walk up and tell me what you didn't like. Because you can't get better if you think you're already awesome. That's right. Tell 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 me what that's you true. don't like, and then we'll bust our ass to make sure that the next time you come and see us, it, it's it's we're there to entertain. And if you're not entertained, that's on us. You know, if if you, if you don't dig our tunes, you know, a, a friend of ours named Brian said, you know, unless you're a hundred dollar bill, ain't everybody gonna like you. So. You know, you you don't have to dig our particular style of music, and I don't dig everybody's style of music, but I'll at Mm -hmm. least find one thing that I can comment on that I actually appreciate. And whether it's the fact that you just happen to be in a local venue, or I've seen you out promoting your own stuff, and and you're just hanging out or, or just paying your own money to go and see other bands that you've never even heard of, well, that's what the music scene's supposed to be. It's supposed to be, you know, you you can't harbor all this bullshit stuff of, of, well, you know, we're going to try to go in and we're going to try to steal fans or all this other stuff. You're all part of the same pie. Mm -hmm. And the less and less that you go out and support other bands, the less bands are going to come and support you, and then you end up losing venues one after the other.
1: Speaking of band support, besides going out to see shows, how do you promote your band?
2: We put on our own shows. We finance the whole thing. Bust our ass on, on the promotion, putting the stuff in the papers, uh, trying to get radio spots, just lay, laying down your own shit. I mean, here, here's the deal, man. I mean, last month, CD release party, I spent $1,000 on promotion for the CD release Out of party. his own pocket? Out of my own pocket. And then the next... after the we week, ain't rich. The day after the CD release party, I was eating pretzels and I cracked a fucking crown on the back of my tooth. So well, there, there goes got. that money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I mean, here we, you go. We,
3: we've, we've booked shows, and because... In a particular area um, where we booked one of the shows, there was no parking there. So the band got together its own money and went and rented a bus and told people who wanted to come to the show, go up to this certain parking lot, park your vehicle, jump on the bus, bring your booze. The bus is going to drop you off at the venue. You're going to hang out and party at the venue. As soon as 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 we're done playing, you're going to jump back on the bus. The bus is going
2: to take you back to your car and you go home. That's great. It, it takes a lot. It, you know, it, it just takes a lot of time, and a lot of you know, going out there and hanging out with people to get get stuff going and making sure that that they come to the show. It's just like a lot of just hanging out, and it's it's just basically get into using money that you ain't going to miss. That's Mo- right. It's
3: money. it's about thinking outside of the box. You can't just expect for a venue to put your name up on a marquee and people are going to slam on the brakes and turn right and go. Oh my God, the electric bo is playing there. Ain't going to
2: happen. You, you got, actually have uh, to go and make it something personal nowadays. You've got to make it personal. You've got to make people feel involved. Like, you know, get, get, lay a drink special down so, so people have cheap drinks when they come out. You know, it's, 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 it's not, you know, don't make rocket science out of monkey business. It costs money and you just got, it's time consuming. And, and if you're not willing to do that, then you ain't going to do anything. Once be,
3: again, you know, we're not rich guys, but no. this
2: is, it's just thinking outside of the box. What, it,
3: it's, it's no different than if I'm just a fan of music. What is the band going to do to entice me to either a buy a CD, buy a T-shirt, or come to a you know a venue that maybe mm. I've never gone
0: to before? Yeah, you, you guys are only like the third band we've really heard talk about that. A lot of them, they they you know they leave a lot of their uh, their promotion uh, per se to like you know post on Facebook or or you know MySpace and you know maybe they'll put some flyers in the week before they play the venue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and while those things aren't they're not necessarily bad. No, things, it's good. But you really need to have. Um, it seems that the bands that do a lot better with the crowds and stuff are the ones that make that personal connection. It's it's well
3: that's what we try to do. And what people, if bands would actually step back and realize, if they actually go to um, Facebook and look at, look at the statistics, there are eleven million bands on Facebook. Eleven million.
1: Yes, there are. I've seen the statistics.
3: There's 11 yes. million. So if you think that you're going to just send out a request going, hey, come check us out somewhere, that generally is not going to do anything. You have to make it something personal because everybody and their brother, if, if they know how to pick up a guitar, whether they can tune it or not, whether they can play it or not, you know that, that's, that's, it, it really depends on how, how much they appreciate their craft. Mm-hmm. It's the people who actually make it something personal. Because if if somebody doesn't make a personal connection with me, I'm not going to spend my gas money, my hard-earned dime to come and check them out if they're not taking themselves seriously. So if they're not willing to do the extra things to make it personal or to show someone that they're actually taking the business seriously, and, and unfortunately, this is a business. Mm-hmm. You know, but it takes money to to to, to make
2: money and support we're, other bands.
3: We're we're not particularly in this to to make a lot of
2: money. I mean, none of us in this band are rich guys. Support other bands. That's another thing. If look, if you ever see me out, you see me out and about all the time, and I might stand in the back like an asshole. You ask any of these bands around here. I am in the front row, rocking out to their shit.
3: Normally, singing the lyrics. Yeah, to and their stuff.
2: They return the favor by coming to the show. They bring their their fans. They bring, and then we make fans, and and that's the way this shit works. It's it, it's
3: it's it's not a competition.
2: No, no it's no. not. And and this no. is this is one of the cities that I've lived in
3: that that I can honestly say that it. this is one of the most cutthroat areas I've ever yeah. been around.
0: It is. It's a lot worse than it used to be. A lot worse. It is.
3: It, it's it's like everybody's fighting for the same fan base, but I, I happen to work at a place. It, it happens to be a uh, live music venue here in Philadelphia, and I've seen fans from 15-year-olds up to 50-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And whenever I hear that the music scene is dead, I, sit, I, I I literally will sit there and laugh because it's like, no, that, the music scene's not dead. They're just not into bullshit. Mm-hmm. So you, you've got people who are willing to to drive across town, you know, thirty, forty five minutes. They're willing to pay for parking, go in and and pay an exorbitant amount of money to see a band that actually takes themselves seriously. And then you know other bands who are like, well, you know, I I, I passed out flyers and I sent out you know, Facebook postings and stuff like that. Well, that, everybody does that. Mm-hmm. You got to think outside the box and let people know that you know what, you, you take yourself seriously. And that's that's a big thing with me. It's just like you know what, I, I, I'm not going to go and spend my money if, if somebody's going to sit there and and, and and blow smoke up my hiney.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm I'm just not. No more uh, rainbow and asses. Uh, no, it, it's it's
3: it's you know, if I'm going to pay my money, entertain me. I don't care if you don't play it perfectly. Entertain
0: mm-hmm. me. Let's switch gears here just a little okay. bit, okay? Since we've touched on live and everything, uh, you know, obviously. With, uh, with the way you're talking about crafting this record, so it had, uh, had like a 70s feel. And, right. You know, you, allow, you allowed it to build, okay, and not, uh, not dealing with effects as much and everything. How do you think between your CD release and the uh, digital media release between CD Baby, iTunes, how do you think that really plays in? I mean, do you guys see uh, a lot of, you know... A, a, see as something better more beneficial i mean we've talked to people who've, who've you know they they bemoan the days of vinyl and where that's gone but i mean do you find that do you find that digital media is something that you guys can uh, benefit from in release or are you just along for the ride is that is that what you think bands are with i, I would i would say
3: yes and and i i would hard press anyone to 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 and, and i don't like arguing but i love to have discussions this is One of the last albums that I can think of, and going from mainstream media to to indie media, um, this particular album, even if I didn't have anything to do with it personally, this particular album, if this album was released only on vinyl, people would still get it. Mm -hmm. If you actually think about mainstream media and if you think about, you know, maybe the Kings of Leon, yes. But if you think, you know, and, and I'm not calling anyone out, but, you know, bands like, Disturbed or 7-Dust or something like that, you know, you release them on vinyl, it just wouldn't have the same feel. And and there again, I don't want to go as something so esoteric as as thinking, okay, way outside of the box, but we wanted this to feel something. We wanted it to feel reminiscent.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But we didn't want it to go, we, we didn't want people to actually look at us and go, well, you know what? I kind of think of Rolling Stones when I listen to your stuff, or I kind of think of the Black Crows when I listen to your stuff. We wanted people to actually make their own elevator pitch, which is a 30-second description of something that they hear off the cuff.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: We wanted it to be something individual. So as far as mainstream media, if if you think about mainstream media and what you're talking about, CD Baby and iTunes and stuff like that, that, that stuff is great, and people are going to get from it what they want either way, but... One of the cool things about CD Baby and iTunes in particular is that they actually have something on there to where – I don't know if somebody individually listens to it or if it's something that our producer did, but they'll actually list a uh, – they'll have a list on there underneath RCD that says, if you like these particular bands, you may like these guys. And on that list, and I'm and I'm pretty proud of this, you know, it says the Rolling Stones, it says the Black Crows, it says David Bowie. And anytime that you can be listed in the same breath with those guys, I mean not only is it an honor, but you know, it's kind of a shock. It's good company, you know? It's, it's great company. And and
2: I don't think about it, I just like wrote some tunes and just throw it out there, man. You know what I mean? I can't mm-hmm. I don't really get that deep in, in into the whole thing, like the market or whatever. It's just hey, here I'm here to share it with you. That's right. All. And I don't even own an iPod. I'm still old school. I got a cassette player in my truck that Amen. I make mixtapes with stuff.
3: And my mom actually has an 8-track uh, adapter that you can play cassettes on. <laughs> so when you talk <laughs> about yeah, old school... About, yeah. Oh yeah, you see, yeah. you know what I'm, I'm talking about. Talking about yeah. It's an eight-track that you can actually put about. a cassette into the and slide it in there.
4: That's right.
1: Don't discount the youngin'. Uh, uh, yes,
3: I am that you old. Might be school. young, but I'm educated. My mom's vibrator is made of wood, baby. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Splinter
1: pussy. That's right. That's what I'll name my punk band. That's right.
3: There you go. We call <laughs> it. Opening up
1: for the electric, electric bro.
3: She she calls it the tooth chipper.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no. Okay. What are the biggest obstacles for the electric boa?
2: Being heard. I I would say
3: I'll agree with that.
2: Being heard. I mean, heard. you know, you throw it out there, you it's there's no guarantee that you're gonna be heard. We'd like to be heard. Big obstacles. Another thing is just keeping everything together. Keeping every every there's five different personalities in the band. It's you know? it's like being married to, to four or five different women at the same time. Yep. And I want a fucking divorce from every single one of them. That that's dies. right. But
3: and, and all, <laughs> all the other guys want alimony. But right. it, it it really is. You
1: didn't sign a prenup. No. You just have a warranty, no prenup
3: though. <laughs> no, because because the lay was that good. <laughs> <laughs> when the lay's that good, you, you don't want a prenup. It's just, just,
1: <laughs> just
2: keeping shit che- together, keeping check, not getting too frustrated, trying trying to understand each other, even when we don't understand each other at times, and just being heard. Yeah, I don't give a shit about money. I don't give a shit about fame. The only thing I live for is the next song. I'm obsessed yeah, with the next thing. song. The old the, the, the stuff that I was already written and I wrote that's that, that, that's done. What, what gets me up in the morning, I live for the next song. That's the only reason I do this.
1: On the note of the next song, let's hear another song. Oh, right. my goodness. How's that sound? We have another make. one.
2: Talk about segues. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm good at that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what are we, all right, what, what are you going to spend?
1: We got uh, Terror on the Reservation, nice. if that's okay with you. Nice. Okay. Oh,
3: oh, great lyrically.
1: Now we have Terror on the Reservation by The Electric Boa.
4: Turn on the reservation Single foul, see the death of the nation Bare white peddler, parasite, paralyzed Stun your hollow, we still dry And turn on the radio Cooling out the Alamo Cracking up the stereo Shedding tears of indigo goes to show
1: Terror on the Reservation by the Electric Bella.
3: Wrap them up, Speedo Mosquito. <laughs> See, that's one of the lyrics. I know. If you buy the CD, or you just go online to purchase a CD, or you know what, if you want to come borrow a CD from me or from Higgsy, mm-hmm. you know, if you dig it, great, you can buy your own. If not, read the lyrics, check it out, and if it doesn't speak to you, great. You know, like I said, if, unless you're a $100 bill, ain't everybody going to like oh, that's it. That's right. If you don't dig it, bring it back. I'll give you your money back. But if you dig it, I like streaking.
1: Earlier, <laughs> earlier you were talking about writing and living and breathing the band just to go to the next song. Yeah. Well, what's the next step for the electric boat?
2: Uh, oh, well, we're going to just keep playing. We're going to keep playing. We're going to try to, I guess, we're going to try to get on tour. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, it, writing a record, that's just something that you do but uh right now we're doing this record and we're living through this record right now so we're just looking maybe trying to get out on tour just playing as many shows as possible
3: yeah the guys are kind of cutting their teeth Mm -hmm. um because you have to understand that you know Higgsy is from philadelphia but he spent some time in florida i grew up in in Myrtle beach but I've, i've spent some time you know living in quite a few cities across the u.s our um guitar player one of our excuse me one of our guitar players uh morton gp um, is from Denmark. Dave, the other guitarist, Dave Fowler, is actually from Rhode Island. Yeah. And Greg Cornwell is uh, from Jersey. So it is, we are the, you know, the definition in and of itself of a melting pot. And whereas Higgsy and I kind of grew up in the same school of music, he and I are about the same age. You know, I grew up listening to uh, off-the-wall stuff from from Etta James and Billie Holiday up through Motown you know Higgsy kind of threw up kind of threw up. Yeah, he's done that too. But Higgsy <laughs> kind of grew up, you know, listening from from what, you know, T-Rex and and Jersey
2: Blondes and T-Rex, Jersey Blondes, all uh Jeez, It's Just all okay, just I, I listen to everything. It it's it's a, Buckley, it's a huge oh yeah.
3: yeah. It's a huge melting pot of of uh, really and I don't want to just coin it as quote-unquote good music. But it's stuff that each one of us likes, and even though you know Higgs had come up with the recipe of a lot of the songs, you know the guys come in and they add their little bits and pieces of things, and, and it kind of takes on a different feel—not necessarily a different genre, but a different feel. Maybe you'll hear, I don't know. May, maybe you'll hear an old, 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 you know, bad company feel to a certain song, or maybe you'll hear.
2: You know, a Rolling Stones feel to a certain or, song. Or something bizarre and out, and out there all together in between. Like, like we like to say that our main squeeze is rock and roll, but we cheat on the side a little bit with other types of music. That's you cute. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's cute. It's I like, like one of them deals, you know?
1: What advice do you have for people who want to start their own bands and do what you guys are doing?
2: Run like the wind. Yeah. School. Go to school. <laughs> go to school. I dalt, dropped out of school in like the, two weeks into the ninth grade, and I've been swinging ever since. I mean, but, you know, if you have a passion, you go do it. No one's going to tell you what to do. If you feel like doing it, go do it. You can that, do it. That, yeah. That's that's one of the things that uh,
3: our producer really tried to instill in, in us, and, and he's been, you know, Derek chaffin has been swinging that axe for a very, very long time. He was, he was an, an artist himself and had traveled around, traveled around with a bunch of – um touring acts um, and then he got into producing just because he was kind of tired of of everything that was kind of shoved down people's throats you know he mm-hmm. wanted to do stuff that, that made him feel good about music he, he didn't want the same old same old you know so he kind of handpicked acts that he wanted to be not necessarily wanted to have his hand in creating but he wanted to do something th- that kind of leaned towards music as being just fun And and which is why he kind of attached himself to us, because, like I said, you know, it's not something that that we're really trying to get something out of this. I mean, sure, you know, everybody has has, you know, wants to be bigger than what they are. But understanding that the product that you come up with or the songs that you write or, or the people that you actually surround yourself with all kind of have the same goal as far as just performing. And it's not about how many records you sell or how many t-shirts you sell or, or how many cities that you actually get to go and see. Um, it's more about what you're trying to portray. So anyone who's actually thinking about getting into the music industry or, or buying a guitar or buying drums or something like that and doing it, make sure that it's something that you have a passion for. Um, a lot you're going
2: to put in the long haul you're go, you're going to put the work in it's work
3: a lot of a lot of the problem and I, and I I'll, I'll say this as politely as I can but a lot of the problem is, is that you have a lot of people who just want to jump on stage just to kind of have that notoriety and in this particular band specifically it's not as much as notoriety as it is a release you know it's not so, this isn't a hobby for us i didn't move 800 miles you know from here from, you know, from St. Louis to here, our guitar player didn't move. You know, from Denmark to here, our other guitar player didn't move from Rhode Island to here, just to be a bar star. There's plenty of those, and you know, a lot of times you don't even have to pay money to see those guys. What we want people to understand is that as much of a blessing as this is, it, it's it could also be considered a curse. Yep. And if and if you don't walk away from the electric boa, if you don't walk away from one of our shows, going wow you know that's 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 an old school band who are really swatting that axe trying trying to get across something that they feel very very passionately
2: about we're not doing our job so kids now you know. If you want to break run. into the music business, <laughs> run. we wish you the best of luck. And I will say prayers every night for you, hoping, run. hoping that you don't have a hard time as I did. Run. So best of luck to you. Run with that no, shit. Be oh. a lawyer. There we are pay. more lawyers practicing in law school than
3: there are actually practicing out in the world. Be my nowadays. lawyer. There's a reason for that. <laughs> Be my lawyer.
1: Yes. You guys got to make me an electric bowler.
3: I, uh, well, together. Higgs is a creative <laughs> one. So. All right. So. I've had a few
1: ideas, <laughs> we'll, 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 but yeah, let me no, close out. do with a snake?
3: Anything to do with a snake? If you ask my mom, it's going to be made of wood and take diesel batteries. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Thank you guys for sitting down and you. sharing your thoughts, experiences, and knowledge. We definitely appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you for
2: having so us. Thank you very much.
3: Spinning in the tunes. Honor and a we pleasure. appreciate Thank you. Thank you. And we still have our clothes on.
1: For now. Most important part. There you go. Homina, homina. This is Amanda Mayhem and Sean from Unclaimed Bands. Hope you enjoyed this edition, as always, with passion.
0: The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of Unclaimed Bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.